Hey, it's me, Karthik. Another episode and another guest. But today, I'm here to share a unique story. The story is of a 28-year-old doctor who lives in Malaysia with his newly married wife, who also happens to be a doctor. But that's not what makes them unique. While my guest is a doctor on weekdays, he is a dancer and a makeup artist on weekends. The newlywed couple live in two different places during the week and see each other only on weekends when they actually go out together for bridal appointments. Now, these doctors are so good at their weekend jobs that brides actually check with them before they fix their wedding dates. But who are these people? Why are they doing this? Why are they so successful and what are they really struggling with behind the scenes? Let's listen to the story of this ordinary couple and see what really sets them apart. But before we jumped in, a small word from a sponsor. This podcast is supported by The Million Project, where we believe that the best way for you to live a fulfilled life is to follow your heart. To know more, go to designyourthinking.com slash million. I also want to give a big shout out to my friends at Thrive Themes. Without Thrive membership from Thrive Themes, I just wouldn't have been able to build my entire website in less than eight days. To know more, visit designyourthinking.com slash thrive. We just can't sit and cry that, you know, you can't complete medical school because we are financially unstable. I said, let's just do something. So at that point, um, well, I could have danced, but I had to dance a lot to be able to make that amount of money because just like any other part of the world, um, the, the, the performing arts is, is very much celebrated, but it's not very rewarding in terms of financial stability. So um, I decided, well, um, I wasn't very passionate about makeup at that point. I mean, I could do it and I think I did it quite well. So I did it. DYT Studios. It's the Design Your Thinking podcast, a show about creators, entrepreneurs, and non-conformists, and the stories behind the decisions they made that completely changed the future of their lives and businesses. And now your host, Karthik. Our guest today is Dinesh Gopalan Nair. He's an Indian Malaysian and we met him on a Sunday evening at Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And when I asked him how he'd describe himself. I am a dentist by profession. Um, I've done Bharatanatyam for about 23 years now. Yeah. So I've been dancing for about 23 years and I've been doing makeup as a business for about five years. I've always been doing makeup for cousins, friends, performances, but as a business as such for about five years now. And um, yeah, I'm married. I recently got married and uh, I come come from a very small family. I've got one sister. That's about it. Yep. In most households, Sunday evenings are typically the time when planning for the week takes place. But... 
I knew that uh, in a life that Dinesh and his wife live, that could be a little different or perhaps a lot different. So Dinesh, what does your typical weekend look like? A typical weekend, I would uh, finish work um, at 5 in Kuantan where I work and then okay. I would drive here and reach at about 8.39. I would try my best to see my sister and her niece and her husband for dinner. And um, I go to bed by about 11. Most Saturdays I'm up by 2 in the morning because I would have a bride at 3. So 3 to 7. And then I would grab breakfast and sleep and then I would start again at 2. So 2 to 6. And then it's the same thing on Sunday. What about Hanuja? Um, sometimes she's available on the weekends and those weekends she comes with me because she likes doing brides as well. She likes doing hair. Um, Sometimes she's not able to because she's on call. Okay. Yeah. So oh, on call when you say it's because of her dental medical job. Medical job. Yeah. So she's a, she's a medical doctor and I'm a dentist. So she joins you whenever you, she can. She can, and I really appreciate it because she also barely has any time. But whenever she gets some time, she would sacrifice sleep and and, and come with me because she really likes to do whatever she does, and she all wow. honestly misses it. Yeah. Wow. So you like Fridays? You come here, and where do you stay now? You um, stay together? We, we just rent a small unit together. Where? In, in, in Kajang, yeah, in Kiel. Oh, in Kiel. Mm. So you come back at 11 o'clock, you catch up with your folks, mm -hmm. then you like catch up with Hanuja if she's available, then 2 o'clock in the morning, mm. typically, like, you know, your weekend starts. And in between, there's like a million emails and messages to reply. So that's a life that Dinesh and his wife Hanuja live today. They got married early this year. And for a newly married couple to adjust to each other's schedule so much, staying focused and managing multiple careers in parallel can be sort of a nightmare, to say the least. So Dinesh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from and what kind of experiences shaped your childhood? Um, I'm from a small town called Batugaja that's in Pera. It's about three hours from here, Kuala Lumpur. Um, I, my childhood was very different um, when everyone else was playing in the park and um, doing their own computer game things. I was always at rehearsals and practices and performances. Wow. Yeah, so um, Mondays to Friday, school tuitions, and every Saturday and Sunday I would have rehearsals, um, if not rehearsals, performances. And um, it was always either dancing, practicing, getting ready, or recovering from a previous performance. So um, I never, I don't think I actually had um, a childhood. I never watched cartoons. I never watched movies. Yeah, I still don't watch TV at all. Yeah, I, I hardly watch movies. Maybe like three or four movies in a year, that's all. I've never watched a single TV series in my life. Yeah, so... Um, How early did you start dancing? Um, I was seven. I was seven. When you start to do your Perform. performances? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I remember most of my childhood was either performing, dancing, rehearsing and traveling for performances. Uh, yeah. And uh, and how actively were your parents involved in this? Uh, very much. Um, in Malaysia, like if uh, the child is a dancer, the parents are all very much into it because um, my dad had to drive me up and down uh, an hour for dance classes. Boy. Yeah, so um, I definitely wouldn't have made it without him because uh, I'm not sure if I would drive my child an hour <laughs> on Friday, Saturday and Sunday for dance classes. 
um, and yeah, they did it, and I, I'm, I'm glad they did. And um, like most Indian families, it's not very common for a boy to be dancing Bharatanatyam. So um, I'm glad they allowed me and trusted in me because um, it's a very common misconception that boys don't turn out to be very much of a boy if, if you dance and do makeup and things like that. So I'm glad they trusted me and here I am. <laughs> That's interesting. How much of a role do you think dance played in you as a kid? Especially in your um, schooling and education? Uh, it, it, it did. I think art is very important in every human being's life. Um, art gets you, um, awakens the creativity in you, it disciplines you. Uh, it can be any kind of art form, not just Bharatanatyam or any, or not, not, not just dance. Any kind of art disciplines you and Do trains you have a mind. positive impact on your studies and other things? You know, generally um, I was okay with studies. Yeah, I, I did well in school It was not well. because of dance that you, you found distraction. Uh, no, it was very helpful with uh, managing like school stress and things like that. I remember most of the, the, the children in my class. Um, so we have um, exams when we are 9, 12 and 17 major exams. So all of them would be out of class on, on those years to study for exams. But I, on the other hand, used to perform one day before the major exam. So if tomorrow I had a major paper, I would be performing today. Of course, it was a huge argument at home, but I still, my parents still allowed me to. And I think I felt obliged that because they allowed me to, I had to do well. It wasn't right. quite a choice for me. Yeah, yeah and um, I did okay in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened uh, between that point that 10-year-old boy, perhaps, let's take that moment. The 10-year-old boy growing up to, to become a doctor. I mean, what, was, what, what made you think about being a doctor? Um, I finished school and um, there were a few things that I enjoyed. Um, I wanted to be a full-time dancer. I liked food and nutrition very much, so I wanted to be a nutritionist as well. Um, I also loved baking. Yeah, so I also went for professional baking courses throughout school and things like that, um, which was again quite abnormal. I was the only guy and probably the only child in the entire baking class. <laughs> yeah, and um, so there were so many things that I wanted to do, but um, as a stereotype Indian, Malaysian parent, they all want you to be a professional. You have to have a degree. You have to be either an accountant, an engineer or a doctor, otherwise you're not successful. So my mom um, was um, head of nurse in hospital for throughout her life and um, I wanted to do medicine but she, I think I have to thank her because she told me if you do medicine you will not be able to do anything else because it will really consume your time. Uh, you have to be fully dedicated to the hospital so she said a better option would be dentistry and um, I think I made the perfect choice because dentistry is very much art more than science. So. Through, through the years. Dentistry is more art than, than science. science. Yes. Why? Um, it's very much towards aesthetics. You have to have a stable hand. You have to have an eye for aesthetics to be able to be a good dentist. Um, most parts of dentistry, at least. Yeah, so it's very similar to makeup as well. The blending techniques, when you get right, the, you get the color, uh, color the matching, you, you, you assess the facial type, the facial smile, the, the profile. Yeah, it's, yeah that a lot of tools are quite similar. As it well. was clear at this point that Dinesh was very creatively inclined. 
it was during his pre-university days that he first met his now wife Hanuja. So you meet Hanu at uh, your pre-university yeah, college. That's right. Yes. That's in Malaysia. Mhm. And then what were you what was she doing then? What was uh, her life look? She was life? um she finished school and they left for uh Holland they were there for almost a year her dad got a job there so they were there and then she came back and uh we both uh did this program called the Canadian pre-university yeah so you'd wait for a year and then from there you go to university so we both did that program and uh she did it locally she did the she did medical school locally and i left for manipal so we coupled up um as we were finishing the university pre-university program and then um it has been long distance ever since it still is yeah i work about 4 hours away from here and she is 3 hours away from here so the total distance between us is 8 hours yeah the closest we have been is 3 hours apart so it's always been long distance yeah still today yeah till today till so the did it take for you did it take you 3 hours to get here now um no but to get, i i after this i've i've got to travel for 3 hours to get back to work must be pretty crazy so do you guys literally live out of a suitcase yeah we don't have a uh, a place as such we just rent a unit uh my sister is here my parents are 3 hours away and uh, now she's with my parents i stay 3 hours away from here so we just always 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 moving wow yeah, it's wow. difficult it's difficult it, 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 a lot of times we spend on the road yeah yeah you just leave out of a suitcase you lose a lot of things <laughs> yeah And so it was a time when both Dinesh and Hanuja were moving on from pre-university to medical college while Dinesh was moving to India to pursue his dentistry Hanuja remained in Malaysia pursuing her medical degree What were your conversations looking like back then Ah uh, nothing much You were like what 20 20, 20 yeah 21 20 21 Yeah we were just focused on um completing medical school Yeah um along that way her dad passed away after her first year so that was a difficult moment because I was far away and she was here um a year before that she lost her brother her brother drowned so um it was horrible because uh, I think that those were the times that she needed me the most but I wasn't here right. yeah so I was in India and um yeah we were just nothing much we just wanted to get done with medical school because it's really stressful yeah it's really stressful And so while doing his dentistry Dinesh continued to practice Bharatanatyam and choreograph dances for events. He found pleasure in uh, always keeping himself engaged. But Hanuja on the other hand was a little different. She comes from a slightly bigger family. She's got four siblings. Uh one of them passed away. And um her dad was um one of the pioneers in uh, microchips in Malaysia. Yeah, so he was big back then. Um he was wanted almost all around the world. Um he specializes in rectifying um errors in uh companies making the chips. Yeah, so that, that that's what he was sought after. Um she also completed medical school and then along the way she lost her brother, she lost her dad. So um this made her uh a little bit unstable towards the end of medical school so she couldn't really complete it she 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 went up to the final 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 exam and then there it was a little bit of a hurdle she couldn't really complete it um she had to attempt a couple of times 
um, and by then her dad wasn't there, so financially she wasn't very stable. So I felt the need for money. I felt the need uh, to be able to support her, uh, which is when I started makeup, because I thought that was the only way that um, I could make fast money. Yeah, so yeah, that is how I started makeup. So you started me doing makeup, and she did not. Well, I again manipulated her into it. <laughs> I told her, let's do something. You know, we just can't sit and cry that you know you can't complete medical school because we are financially unstable. I said, let's just do something. So at that point, um, well, I could have danced, but I had to dance a lot to be able to make that amount of money because just like any other part of the world. Um, the 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 performing arts is is very much celebrated, but it's not very rewarding in terms of financial stability. So um, I decided. Well, um, I wasn't very passionate about makeup at that point. I mean, I could do it, and I think I did it quite well. So I did it. It's not always that we are born with clarity in terms of what we are interested in, what our interests are. It's sometimes the permission that we give ourselves to explore. our interests and oftentimes it's the lack of action to actually do it that differentiates us from the rest in dinesh's case it was the situation in hand that made him take that action so dinesh at this point in your life you had this big responsibility of having to put money on the table but you both were staying in two different places in fact two different countries how did you go about working things out so um i was in manipal for 2 years and then the clinical years were here in malacca okay yeah that's about 3 hours from kl as well so every weekend i would travel from malacca to kl to do bridal bookings and to perform and to rehearse and things like that so it was very abnormal because everyone else just studied and shopped and partied on the weekends but we were not doing any of those so people would think that we are crazy and we are after money but at that time we were after money um not any more so but at that time we were and um i was really happy that i i could do something to contribute to her completing medical school um because um at that time it was a huge financial constraint for her family to support um in medical schools here if you do not make it at the first attempt you have to pay a lot of money to be able to resit for the exams yeah um so yes it was very difficult um we were very young for exactly. yeah we were very young and uh for bridal jobs you need to be up at about 1 in the morning 2 in the morning you go to sleep at about 6 in the morning and then you start work again for the rest started getting bridal jobs immediately uh not immediately but then i was lucky enough that people knew me as a dancer and they knew that i could do makeup and i have done makeup for many 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 years right. so um i wasn't that fresh and young and new to begin with Yeah, it, it, I didn't seem like any other makeup artist who suddenly decided to be a makeup artist. They've all known yeah. me, and you know, um, I was uh, pretty well known for for dance, so they all know. They all knew who am I. Um, I just had to do a couple of photo shoots, so I just grabbed any faces that I could. I started experimenting with bridal looks. Um, I just did a couple of photo shoots. and then we did um here it's called personal makeovers that means non bridal makeovers um we had to do that for a good one year before getting like bridal jobs yeah um some of my first few brides i have done for a fraction of the cost like 1/10th of what i charge today and i had to do it so that 
I can show people that, hey, I, I can do a bride too. Yeah, so I had to do things like that. Sometimes they know that you are young and new and they can bargain. So yeah, we had to do all that. And you did it together? Together, we were always together. Yeah, so she does the hair and sari and I do the makeup. Uh, That's that's what my, we we both do it all, but um, if given a choice, I would like to do makeup and she would do the hair and sari. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's what she likes and And that's what I like. And still you do that and obviously I think it improves your Completion time as well. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, um, I think I was lucky enough. I had a pretty supportive models. A lot of people who were very established back then, uh, they modeled for me because they would have knew, known me for from the dance industry. Um, I wasn't established back then, but they were already uh, pageant winners and uh, actual professional models, and they would model for me for free. So, um, I think those people played a big role. And um, I think the name, the, the whole blush thing travelled quite fast, faster than I thought it would. Um, but then over the years, I realised I just don't want to be a makeup artist. I want to influence people into positivity. I want people to think um, that, you know, you have to work harder to get out there. You, you can't just be in your comfort zone and um, do whatever everyone else is doing to be able to make it big. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tell me you're an inspiration, but for me, um, I'm not sure how I inspire them. Uh, some people talk about money, some people talk about the business, some people talk about uh, the financial stability that I have. Uh, but I'm not after any of it. I'm not after money, I'm not after fame. Yeah, so I, I just do what I need to do. Well, if money is not important, what is important for you in life today? For me, it's like my family, my health, things like that. So what's important for you today? I really don't... I can't answer you. I think only family and friends are important to me. I don't seek money. I don't have big dreams. Like, I've never thought of having like a dream car or like a dream house. Nothing like that. Yeah, I don't really like to travel. So I wouldn't say, you know, everyone would say, I would love to see the world. I I could never say that because I hate to travel. (laughs) I hate airports. I I hate waiting and things like that. So there's nothing much that I'm after. Which is confusing because I don't know why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Yeah. But you love doing it. I love doing it. And I can't do without doing it. Yeah, so a lot of people think I'm after money or I'm after fame, but I'm, I'm not. I'm really not. I, I really don't know what to do with the money. I mean, I've, I would have earned a good amount of money in all these years with all the hard work that I put in, but I honestly have nothing much to spend it on as well. Which actually made me wonder what Dinesh's philosophy is when it comes to doing business. In the world we live in today, doing a business is all about making profits. And to make profit, you need to make money on the first place. But how would one approach it when money is not that important? You say money doesn't play an important role. But how do you think... You know, you have a booking, a bridal booking, for instance. How do you think about what you should charge? Uh, there is a standard market rate in Malaysia. You go by the... Yeah, so um, I would say that my charges are slightly higher than the rest because um, the products that you use, the experience that you have, the kind of accessories that you provide. Um, in some quadrants, I am slightly more superior than the rest. So um, I charge for that. Um, I also don't take as many bookings as other full-time makeup artists. A regular makeup artist here would do about eight clients a week. I would do a maximum of three. 
Yeah, and I take my own sweet time. Like I take about four and a half hours with one bride. So in a day, I could do maximum two. But a regular makeup artist here in Malaysia would have done five. Wow. Yeah, because wow. they have to do that volume to, to be to able to make up that amount to be able of money. To survive. Yes, but because wow. I don't do it for money, so I'm like, I'll just do one. I, I love to talk to my brides. I have to have a nice chat with them. I like to take my time and do my work to perfection. If I don't like it, I would remove it and do it all over again. I would go ahead and take pictures for a good half an hour until I'm happy with the kind of pictures that I've gotten. Because for me, the content on my social media page is very important. If I don't get a good picture, I'm not going to post it. So I would spend like a good half an hour taking pictures. So that's interesting. But working as a doctor during the weekdays and doing two other professions on weekends can be pretty daunting. Let's talk a little bit about how you manage to strike this balance. Um, though you are a doctor on weekdays, your bridal customers, I'm sure, aren't going to wait. And neither are your 60 or 1,000 fans on social media how do you manage all of this most of the posts are scheduled so there is an app that allows you to set at what time you post what picture with the caption so um, you're not uh, typically not allowed to use the phone during work uh, it's a one-man show it's just me I reply the e um, emails I, I reply all inquiries you get about 70 to 80 messages a day on, on messenger so if you don't reply for a week, you would end up with like 400 messages. And by then they would have gotten your phone number and they would be calling you and you know, someone would have passed you their, their, our phone numbers and they would be calling and calling and calling and we are all at work and we are not supposed to be answering calls because we're saving lives. Um, sometimes you have to switch the phone off. Yeah, it's not easy. Apart from being a makeup artist and dancer on weekends, Dinesh, joined by his wife, is big time into education. He and his wife conduct these masterclasses, which is a form of education and learning that's got very popular in learning art forms. So you do masterclasses? I do. I, I, I'm really inclined towards teaching. So um, in a world where everyone's trying to preserve their knowledge and, and keep their secrets to themselves, um, I decided to teach people how to do that. So uh, we are one of the pioneers, me and Justina, another makeup artist here. Uh, we are one of the pioneers who did uh, workshops, bridal workshops. Uh, there were already like existing makeup schools doing long-term makeup programs. So if you would come to my school and you would assist me for like three months, I would award you a diploma in like bridal makeup. So you practically just become their assistant. So there is no actual teaching taking place. You just carry their bags and do whatever you need to do for them. But then uh, we thought there are so many people who just, they're working, you know, but they're thinking like, you know, I might like makeup or I have got a bunch of makeup at home, which I don't know how to use. I want to use them or, you know, I want to go to Sephora and buy a couple, a couple of things, but I don't know what to choose and right. where to start. Or uh, I might want to try getting into the bridal makeup artistry world. So. This is catered for them, one day, two days workshop. So one day you come, you just watch us do a bride from start to end and the bride is ready right in front of you. So everything, whatever products you use, what brushes you use, uh, where do you get them, how do you manage social media, how do you take pictures, how do you edit the pictures, uh, what kind of captions do you post, who do you tag, who you do you not tag, um, things like that. So we are one of the pioneers of doing that in, in, in KL. End to end. 
Yes. You just don't do the makeup, but you also try and tell them everything. How else. do you promote yourself? Yeah, because we learned it the hard way. Right. Uh, when we were coming up, a lot of people were very secretive about what you use, right. or you know what what camera do you take your do you you know take your pictures. Nobody would ever want to tell you what they use, or or you know it, it was like. Um, almost a taboo to ask you know they were like oh why are you asking me it's it's like my trade secret you know yeah so we decided to break that barrier and teach people what to do and i think it was very receptive we we sold out on our first class we sold out on our second class and uh, we are both now very much inclined to teaching yeah so we've had classes in singapore a couple of classes in malaysia uh, bangalore next month nice. uh, we had one in melbourne yeah so people are really interested because they come, they learn, and um, if you teach, you have to teach genuinely. You have to go all out and reveal everything that you have ever learned and used. You know, I would always tell somebody who wants to teach: if you don't want to teach, if you feel somebody is going to become better than you, just don't teach because you're taking people's money to teach them. So if you don't, if you, if you think that you want to retain your secret, then just don't teach. It's sinful to take people's money and, you know, yeah, pretend that you're using something or doing something when you're not. So when you teach, you have to teach genuinely. And I think, I mean, how much business are you going to lose? Uh, how many brides can I do in, in a week or in a day? Even if there are 10 people who are better than me, that's okay. I'm happy for them. So these are the words coming from a young 28-year-old person. With businesses getting heavy on social media, the way businesses are built is changing. So I was curious to continue listening to Dinesh's views on that. From the little I know about uh, this kind of uh, this profession, uh, you know, I was always thinking like makeup. I probably there's an ocean of makeup artists out there. Uh, Plenty. But when I actually started to dig a little deeper, I got to understand the kind of demand for good ones. And uh, from what you're saying now, it seems to me very clear that being good is also about being open and genuine. Genuine and, and transparent, yeah. It's so much about personal branding these days. Nobody's going to book you if they can't find a picture of you on the page. So if you are just any other makeup artist who would constantly just post your brights, and if they don't know who you are, what you do, or they don't have a peek into your personal life, they don't quite feel like booking you. Because um, personal branding is about you know building your empire so that people book you for who you are and not so much about what your work looks like. That is what the world is today. So you know those were the days they tell you, oh, don't post your personal pictures, don't tag where you are, and don't show how your house looks, and don't show what car you drive. People want to know who you are. Who is this person doing this makeup and what is your life like? Who is your boyfriend? Where do you go out? What do you eat? What bags do you carry? They want to have a peek into your personal life. So personal branding is so important. And I would make sure I, re I mean, I have about close to 60K followers and I would make sure I reply each and every one of them, even if they were asked me to ask me, uh, what do you use or where did you buy this shoe or where, where's this place that you guys dined last week? I will always, always, always make sure that I take time to reply them. So I think that that's a good bond that I've built with my followers, supporters, totally. I would say. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a very important thing, like know, like and trust. Unless you know somebody, you're not going to like them. Unless you like them, you're not going to trust yeah. them. So. I'm sure all of this didn't come to you on a golden platter on day one. No, no, no. No one taught me. I didn't read any books about entrepreneurship exactly. or marketing. Nothing. Right. I, I just learned it through. Uh, I, myself, actually, I, I didn't really 
like follow anyone or I, I don't really have an idol or I'm not quite inspired by too many people. I just learnt it myself. But I'm sure you have done mistakes. Uh, very much, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, there were some things that were not very receptive. Uh, I Recently, the, the, the prince of the British royal family got married. I had reviewed the princess's makeup and that blew out of proportion on the internet. Uh, it was not very well taken by people who were fans of them. Um, what happened? What did you do? So I just reviewed her makeup and I said that um, if, if, if it, it was me, this was not how I was I, I were to do it. And um, like, this is not my style, but I said, oh, she looked great in it. But um, it's not my cup of tea. So that's what I said. And then uh, it was just taken up by one person saying that, oh, you know, uh, who are these people to say such things and it was just all over the internet and the Malaysian press and it just caught on fire. Hmm. And how did you get to know about it? Because you saw the messages everywhere. or? It was everywhere, everyone's calling, it was on the radio, it was in Malaysian papers and it was on the internet and you just need one person to drop a nasty comment and then everyone's just trying to get nastier. Yeah, what, they just all want to be the nasty. There's nothing much you can do. It was the first experience with cyberbullying. So people are just spitting hate on you. People are just saying things that are completely untrue. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of hate going on. So it's very depressing. Like me and Hanu were just in the room, lights off, and literally just refreshing comments to read one negative comment after one more. And as you're reading one negative comment, you can see Facebook stated down there, someone's typing a comment. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you're just waiting for more spit and hate being thrown at you. Huh. It was difficult, it was very difficult, but yeah, lots of good friends and family, they all like, you know, it's just a phase. At that point when people tell you it's just a phase, you, you, you can't get it because it's a difficult phase. But then once it's over, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it got better. What did time. you do? You just let it go by? There's nothing much you can do about it. There's no way you can remove the post. It was an Insta story. So oh, it lasted for 24 hours and somebody had screenshot all of it and compiled it and made a post on the internet. That was close to like 2,000 shares on Facebook. So that's quite huge. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult for us because we, we are also medical professionals. So people at work start talking about it. Then it's not very nice anymore. That's exactly the thing. Right? Yeah. How do you manage that? I mean. Uh, at least, especially working for the government, mm. wow. it's not easy because was, was it like taken a little seriously? Of course, because people started tagging like uh, our colleagues who worked in our clinic, like, "Hey, look at your colleague! Look what look what he's into!" and things like that. Uh, I'm a bit more outspoken. I'm okay with it because I've received a lot of hate and uh, I've, I've, I've seen it all in dance so I kind of right. know how to manage this whole dramatic situations. Um, Hanu is not as outspoken as me so I think it was a little bit more difficult on her. Uh, she had to go to work and a lot of people started uh, treating her differently and things like that but uh, there's nothing much you can do about it you just have to let it go and you know that's that's how the internet works you know they'll just need Actually, to find the government did not take it too seriously yeah well. that's right yeah 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 thank god so you'll just have to wait for that moment and that breeze to pass and then it will all be all right but i i, I think it's good that i i never commented about it i never answered anyone's assumptions i, I just kept silent yeah but I'm waiting for a day when I can explain myself. <laughs> in a world we live in today, people spend so much of time on social media than with their real families. 
So I asked Dinesh what it means to him to have 60,000 followers on Instagram or 50,000 followers on Facebook. Mm, for me, it's nothing because for people who uh, thrive on this business, they just try their best and get up to the top because in today's world, having more followers, having more likes, having more comments means that you're more successful. Um, sadly, that is how people look at it. Uh, it can be true, it can be not true. But then for me, I just want to produce good work. I want to create content that interests more people and benefit people. So if you have a look at my post, I would always tag the products that I've used on my clients or what camera I've used or what lighting I've used. So I want people to take something away from my page, just not scroll through and like, oh, this bride's pretty, oh, her sari is gorgeous, her jewelry is pretty. Right. Not like that. Like, I, yeah, I want you to learn something. And wherever I go, I show them where I go, what I do, what I eat, uh, what I thought about the food, what I don't think you should be ordering at this restaurant. So I want people from ben to benefit from my page. I also do a lot of free live classes on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, where I teach people how to do certain techniques, which I feel uh, a lot of people face difficulty with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I want people to benefit something from me. A lot of people are fascinated with being physically fit. But Dinesh goes a step beyond as he aspires to get trained as a personal trainer. And even today, along with his wife, the couple is big time into meal prep. I think it's really important to eat clean and be healthy. Um, in today's world, you could get a bowl of salad for 20 ringgit, but you can get a MACD meal for like 5 ringgit. So you're definitely inclined to having a MACD meal instead of a bowl of salad. And you'll have to travel 10 kilometers for a bowl of salad. But there's always a McDonald's somewhere in the corner. Right. Yeah, so I pack my food. Hanu and me pack the food throughout the week. We cook one day and we freeze it for like five days. Yeah, so that's called meal prepping. So you just kind of prep all uh, in containers. cutting and slicing and everything. And that's keep it right, and in freeze it. Yeah, so um, we don't eat out on weekdays. Yeah, and uh, on weekends, we just eat whatever we want to eat. And despite all of this, Dinesh does fall ill at times. In fact, quite recently, he was down with suspected dengue. So I was curious how he manages his weekend work at such times. It was for about two weeks, but you have to do what you need to do. I still had to go and do brights. Yeah, yeah. That's something um, not very nice about the bridal makeup industry because no matter how sick you are, even if you have a family member who passed away, you still have to go for your appointments. Sure. Yeah, you, you have to, no matter what. I remember I, had a, um, I lived with uh, my dad's younger sister. She was a Down syndrome kid and she passed away. Uh, she was obviously very close to us because she lived with us our entire life. Uh, she passed away and I had to do a bride and then go for the funeral. Yeah, so I was literally like tearing and tearing and tearing and doing whatever I have to do. There's no way you can say like, oh, I'm sick or somebody passed away. I'm sorry, I can't come. There's no way you can do that. Yeah, I mean, people do it, but I would never do that. Having interests and being interested in an art or activity is great. But in Dinesh's case, it seemed to me at this point that he reached a point where he needed to take back control in... Uh, striking this healthy balance between his weekday and weekend jobs. So I asked him about how he looks into the future. I definitely, for now, we're just trying to live together. That's all. We just want to live together, get to the same place. We're trying to work out uh, so that the government can give us 
um, the opportunity to work in the same city at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I waited for about close to four years now, and I've told myself um, if I don't get it soon, I've given myself a time frame after which I will quit my job because I don't think I can do this. You any longer. makeup job or your doctor? Uh, the doctor's job. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can do makeup anywhere, but I can only do dentistry in wherever they want me to do. Right. Yeah, so I, I have given myself a time frame after which I think I will quit the government job and try to freelance dentistry and be more like you and do whatever I want to do, like other stuff. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm, I've given myself a time frame. Let's see if I don't get my transfer, I would quit my job because I, I've waited. I've been patient for four years now, close to four years, like three months to four years. So I think I've given myself enough time. Uh, if I still don't get what I want, I would um, go ahead and just join a private dentist and hopefully work about four times a week, four days a week, and then just do makeup and dance on the rest of the days. And since Dinesh was on the verge of making some decisions in his life, I thought I'd make it a little easy on him. I asked him which of the three professions he liked the most between makeup, dentistry, and dance. And I asked him to rate each of these professions between one and five, with five being the profession he loves most. Dentistry yeah. would be three. Yeah, dentistry would be three. I would say four for makeup and five for dance. Yeah, but um, dance and makeup is very age um, subjective. I can't see myself dancing at 50 years old. Nobody would want to watch me dance. I would probably be fat and, and haggard, you know. Uh, same as makeup. I, I can't see myself being like 50 years old and doing someone's makeup. I don't think I've seen a makeup artist at 50 years of age. So it's very... Um, I only have like this amount of time and I have to make the most out of it. Which is probably what I'm most confused about now. Should I focus on dance? Should I focus on makeup? Um, initially, it was for money. Makeup was for money. But now that it's not anymore, it's even more confusing because uh, why am I doing it? I mean, I like doing it, but then should I be chasing after it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've decided that I'll, I'll slow down on makeup and, and ho hopefully start getting um, more chances to rehearse and perform a little bit more. Yeah, so that... Yeah. Because I only have like, I could possibly dance for another 10 years maximum. Right. Yeah, I can maybe do makeup for another 10 years. So I have 10 years for both. And I, of, of course, want to make the most out of it. Yeah, I want to teach in places that I've never been to. I want to meet people who I've never met before. Yeah, I want to go to places, new places and teach people. Uh, the places that I normally go to, like Melbourne and all, there's almost no makeup artists have gone there and taught them like a full bridal look. Right. Yeah, that's the thing, that's the kind of things that I want to do. That was a conversation with Dinesh Gopalan Nair from Blush Beauty Beyond. He is an ordinary person who I came across as someone with extraordinary commitment and focus to following his interests. He's come a long way from trying to make some money to getting to work on celebrities and being selective in taking on projects. You can reach out to Dinesh on Instagram and Facebook. I'll have the links to their profiles in the show notes, which you can find at designyourthinking.com slash S2E3. That's season two, episode three.
This episode was also recorded on video, so you can find the video in the same link, designerthinking.com slash S2E3, the coming Sunday. And for those on my email list, you will get a priority access to this video the coming Wednesday. So do make sure you sign up for my newsletter at designyourthinking.com slash newsletter to access the video interview. And if you enjoy listening to this episode and this show, I really, really appreciate you leaving a rating and review for the show on iTunes so that I can reach this show to more people just like you. If you are on an Apple device, you can head over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes. Type that in your browser and that opens the iTunes for you and you can just go there and leave a rating and review. The show is also available on Spotify, Google Play and YouTube. Just type designyourthinking.com slash Spotify or slash Google Play one word or slash YouTube to get there. I truly appreciate you taking the time today to listen to this episode. Until I see you with the next episode, take care and cheers.